All right. Well, it is my honor and privilege to uh, introduce to you Kitana Kitana and his wife, Wasani. Wasani doesn't speak very often, but she, when she does, you should listen. Isn't that right, Kitana? God bless you. Thank you. After 20 or 21 years to come to the same church and to speak, it's really, for me, it's kind of, you know, a miracle to see the children are growing and uh, having children. Uh, you know, last night, just uh, we are with Pastor Jeff and Andre house. Uh, always we stay there and it's just like a family. And I, I sit down there and uh, I start looking pictures, which is in the wall. And uh, I saw these three kids who is really <laughs> very young and uh, you know, Spencer is the younger one. Always I try to treat him and to take him to Washington DC with me to just show him a zoo. He said, okay, I will go. And uh, when the day come, he said, no, I don't want to leave my mom. <laughs> He's a mama's boy. And also we have a story. I don't know if Jeff forget or remember that. Always we forget him. <laughs> One day we forget him here in the church and we drove home. <laughs> Do you remember? Spencer remembers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we have so many things and uh, uh, you know, uh, God just brought us till this day to do his work together. Praise God. And I thank God always uh, about you guys, we are here where we are today. Masters, thank you for coming out. I really want to see, to visit always you guys. And I'm really thrilled to see Uncle again and uh, praise God. They travel with him to Kentucky, that's what they told me. It's really great. And God bless you, thank you very much. And uh, to see all of you, really, it's a blessing for us. Praise God. I want you to know this is a year which we celebrate 20 years since we start Watch and Pray. Our first meeting is just here in the fellowship room. And that ministry today, if you want to know, go to our website, watchandprayministries.org, and you will see how God is using that ministry to bring people to know the Lord, and uh, to raise orphans. Most of our orphans this year, they graduate from university. We start raising them together. When they are four, five, they don't have mom and dad. Uh, you know, this is what it happened when God called you for what he is calling you. And we start in that room. I remember uh, we have lunch or something like that. Yeah, we have lunch which is prepared by the church. And then we came together, we started the ministry. Yeah, we don't have that much money in the account. We have only 
600 something dollar in the account. Today we are working with East Africa, Ethiopia, Djibouti, Eritrea, South Sudan, Uganda, Kenya, and Somalia is divided in three places. We are working in all these countries. We support orphans, we support widow, and we are supporting also indigenous pastors. And twice in a year, we are giving a training for indigenous pastors for 400, 500 pastors from other denomination, not only the people who is working with Watch and Pray. And we are asking also if, uh, you know, this is the church which starts this ministry with me, and this is the church who haven't been in Ethiopia or in <laughs> Eritrea. And always I try to win, and it's not working for me, and uh, still I appeal to you and to the pastor and to the elders, if it work for you really, I want you to see the work what you are doing in East Africa and try to join us and to travel with us. Uh, if you want to know about the ministry, go to our website, as I said, watchandpreministries.org, and you will hear. And this year also we have a second fundraising and 20-year anniversary in Midland, Texas. And if you join us, really, if that is the, the time also to bring Andre and Jeff to Midland, that if it work, I'm really happy to invite you for that. It is September 18 in Midland Country Club, and you will get information through the church. Uh, besides that, in December, I'm going back to Ethiopia, taking a group which is going to bring a marriage seminar and also training for the persecuted church. We are working with the persecuted church around uh, East Africa and North Africa. And uh, yesterday I put something on my Facebook, if you see it. Um, there is persecution still which is not stopped. And this morning, I have a question for you, and also I'm going to bring a little bit my testimony and also uh, what the Holy Spirit put on me. My big question is, where we build our house? Are you build your house on the rock or on the <clears throat> you know, on the sand, just where you build your house. It's in Matthew uh, 7. This is what it said. I will read the word, and then we will pray. Build your house on the rock. Everyone then who hears this word of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods come, and the winds blow and beat on the house. But it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears this word of mine and does not do them 
will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods come, and the winds blew, and beat against the house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Where you build your house today? Where are you by following Jesus? Uh, you, you know, the word said, if you follow Jesus anywhere, everywhere, there is persecution. The people who look like Jesus, who try to live the life of Jesus anywhere, they are persecuted. Is that persecution is going to take away you from the faith, or it will make you strong to stand firm to follow him? Where you build your house today? Are you building your house on the rock, or are you building your house on the sand? We know the sand is not standing still when the wind is blowing. When the water is coming, it's gone. When the flood is coming, it's gone. This is what it happened to us. Till 1974 in Ethiopia, we have a freedom of religion. We don't have a problem to worship anywhere, everywhere. We have a church, we have a radio station, TV station, we have a Christian school, we have a boarding school which is run by our church. We have everything, we have full freedom. But in 1974, this is what it happened to Ethiopia. I don't know, Americans, what do you think about your freedom? I am now a citizen. Me and my wife, we became a citizen. And uh, still, I doubt if we keep this freedom alive or if we lose it. See what's going on. In our country in 1974, communism came and took place. They throw the king from the power and they put people in prison. They kill 60 people and they bury them in one hole in one night. They took over the country. They take away God from every institute, even from the church. The Coptic church is open at that time like a Catholic church. But they are not really worshiping the true God. And they put us in prison. They are asking us to deny Jesus. And they are asking us, you know, we got this Bible from American missionaries, praise God. And they think we are working for CIA. The reason we got this Bible from American missionaries. I have been in prison like five times back home in my country. And my family tortured, my cousin buried alive. And things are not really working well. One time they found me when I baptized people in the riverside, two in the morning. Then they kill two of the new baptizer and they take their eye out they tortured us, and they are asking me, they hung me upside down. 
they are asking me why I am preaching the gospel. Still I am preaching the gospel. Still I love the Lord. Still my faith standing on the rock. It's not standing on the sand. If it stand on the sand at that time, I deny Jesus, I'm not with him. That is a big question which it came to us. They are asking us to deny him and to run a communist manifesto or a communist thing in Ethiopia, and we refuse to do that. Uh, first, we are sent to a literate campaign, and over there, they brought this communist manifesto, and they try to use the propaganda to change the whole situation. It's not happened. And many of our people are passing through very, very hard time. Um, even one time, my wife and her friends are studying in the church, and the police came in the front, and they jump on the fence to go to the other uh, compound. And we don't have this freedom, what you have, to worship and to study. And they didn't give us. And we didn't give up. Still, we start doing underground. Still, they start getting us. You know, the security people coming and putting us in prison. Always they are asking us to sign a paper not to do again. Uh, I want you to ask this question. How is your faith today in Jesus Christ, in God? If somebody walk in in this door and asking you, Deny the Lord. Do you remember the Colombian high school in Colorado? That girl? A crazy young man came and asking her. And she's not denying Jesus. She confessed Jesus is the Lord. She got killed. I want you to ask this question. Today, if somebody came in here asking us, what is your answer? Where are you standing in belief? Are you standing to be persecuted? Yeah, we are singing that song a lot when we are in prison. No turning back, no turning back. Are you singing that song today as the same thing? What is your foundation? Your foundation is this word. Jesus make it clear to his disciples, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you. That is the word it's spoken to us. And that is why we are saying, no, we are not denying. You know, uh, the, the hardest one is when they get me from that baptism place and took me in a small room, hung me upside down, and pour boiling oil over my feet. Uh, it, it's painful. I can't deny it. I can't lie to you. They are asking me why I am preaching the gospel. Why I am crazy like that to speak about Jesus. I told them just only the love of God. 
Then when the pain is, you know, when I can't comprehend the pain, I said, God, take me home. You know what happened? He's a good God. He's there always. Whatever it happened to you, through the water or through the fire or whatever it said in this Bible, it is true. This morning, when we have the Bible study, just I make it clear. The power of the word of God. It is still strong. It's still working. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is not changing. And then I told them the same thing, and I heard a voice. When I asked God to take me home, I heard this audible voice, which it said, Tell to these people how I love them dearly. How still my blood is running for them. Wow. It's very difficult. You need to forgive them. The people who kill your dad, the people who buried your cousin alive, the people who burned your Bible, the people who closed down your church, the people still who is looking to kill you. How you are going to tell about the Lord? How you are going to tell about the love of God without unforgiveness? Till this day, I have that love flown inside me about Muslims. Then I'm starting to tell them how God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. They think I became crazy. They put me down. They start asking me more questions. I start telling them how God loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Two of my persecutors inside the prison, they gave their life to the Lord. This is the power of the gospel. It's not changing. But my question today, still persecution is going on. In Saudi Arabia, we saw last week, last Friday, they took somebody to the mosque. They take his clothes off. And they gave him 500 lash. His skin is coming out when they beat him. And the blood is gushing. That guy is not denying Jesus. Persecution is going on in Nigeria, in Ethiopia, in Somalia. I have a friend who just got killed in Somalia. What's your answer today? These people, they build their house on the rock. They are well knowing God. Do you know him? Do you know him? That Jesus Christ is the Lord. Do you know him? God, uh, you know, Paul, he invited, he invited the young Timothy, the young pastor, participate in my persecution. Are you willing today to be persecuted about your faith? What's your answer tomorrow if the American government is saying, shut down all the church? 
like what they said about abortion. You are compromising about that. When they are killing innocent babies day by day, you are compromising. You are not saying nothing. The churches keep quiet. The church has not said anything. Where are you with God? Are you standing in the rock? Or are you standing on the sand? If you are standing on the sand, you are not going to be strong. Stand still with this word of God, with Jesus Christ, with the Son of God. It will help you. That is what it helps me. Throughout the years, still from time to time, I'm tempted. Still from time to time, we have persecution. Still from time to time, you know, sickness or death or something is touching us. The only thing, when we see the cross, we got the answer. The reason on that cross, the price is paid in full. Whatever you pass through. What kind of storm is touching you today? What kind of wind is blowing to take away your house, your marriage, your work, your belief? What kind of storm? Try to turn to the cross of Jesus Christ where the price is paid in full. That will make you strong and stand still. Otherwise, it's not working. Uh, you know, my wife knows me very well. I'm the weakest guy. If I can get headache or something, I am complaining fast, just tragic. But here, I know one thing. He is strong from that sickness. He is strong from that doubt or whatever it comes. For that reason, I choose. I choose to follow him. I choose. I choose to be in prison. I choose. What's your choice? Two ways. I will say this and I will open for question if you have any question. Uh, there is two ways. One way is very wide, very wide, and one way is very narrow. Jesus is the one who gives this illustration. If you go to the narrow way, you are not getting, you know, just everything what you need. If you go to the big way with the wide one, everything is there. Everything what it's just easy to get. But Christianity is a very, very narrow road. It's very limited. Yes, you have peace. Yes, you have somebody to help you. The Holy Spirit always. But 
you are not getting anything what you like like other. And I choose that narrow way. I choose this very, very, you know, very narrow way. The reason there is life on that, eternal life, which I'm going to live forever. It surprised me why God chose me for that. It's always surprised me. A weak, a sinner, and he gave me a choice. And I will leave you with this. What's your choice today? To build your house with a rock? To walk with a narrow way? Or to compromise? And to sin? And no peace? No eternal life? Which one is your choice? It's up to you. And here, we have a church which is passing through the very, very narrow way. Even they don't have freedom. Like you and like, you know, they, I was in Somalia a year ago, and the evangelists, they came, they are asking me, Bishop, we want to take you to our church. I said, okay, I will go with you. They came early in the morning. We took a cup, and the cup dropped us somewhere near to the forest, and we start walking. And we are not reaching. And I ask them, where is this church? I'm thinking they are going to take me to the house church or something like that. But it's not. They took me somewhere where the acacia tree is wide and where the chairs, not like this comfortable, rocks. And I said, where is the people? Wait, they said. Then one, two, three, 78 people gathered under that tree. That is the church we serve. That is the church you serve. Some people are complaining now about the cold weather or something like that. You know, we are very complainers. When it's hot, we said it's hot. When it's cold, it's cold. But here, see how you are comfortable in this room. Praise God. Use your freedom for good and keep your freedom alive. Make your choice straight. What is your choice today? The rock or the sand? Or the wide road or the small one? Make a decision, that's up to you. You have any question before we go to the Holy Communion and to prayer? Yes, sir. No, just it came with one night from Somalia and from Egypt when they throw out Russians and they boycott our military and they took over. And first they start to send this Mao Zedong red book 
And we start to read that and the Communist Manifesto, we didn't get it at once, but suddenly in 1974, it came and it took place. And um, it's a sudden thing. And also we are not thinking, Ethiopia is not colonized. I want you to know this. Ethiopia and Liberia is the only country which is not colonized by anybody from Africa. The reason Liberia was founded by American slaves, they went back and they found Liberia. Ethiopia, we are warriors people. We fought Great Britain twice, Queen Victoria, and we win the war. Italy, German, French, Belgium, Turkey, all this country, we win the war and we became friends. And we have this pride more than you guys. I love your pride for your flag. I love it. Don't take me wrong. But more than that, you have this pride, me. Me needs to die. This is the reason why we have different church. Me is not dying and buried. If me is there, that's the problem. And we have that problem in Ethiopia, me. Then God tried to humble us and brought communism. like the here. But I want you to know this. Uh, Africa is going to be a, you know, Gaddafi make a decision. Africa is going to be an Islam nation within 100 years. But God is starting to change that. And uh, most Muslims this year, last year, before last year, is the first time in the history of a church Muslims came to know the Lord. How? By dream, by meeting angel face to face, and by reading their own book, the book of Quran. It is just like a flood. You know, two years ago, we baptized 200-something Muslims. Last year, we baptized 100-something Muslims. Only our ministry. There is another ministry also who is working among the Muslims. And Christianity is growing over there. Here, the church will close down. Two or three churches close down weekly. Over there, five, six churches will open. It surprises you. That's what's going on in Africa. <coughs> Another question? Okay, my prayer request. Pray for me and for my wife. The work is really getting wide, and it takes my time. And also we have some health issue. Besides that, pray for our ministers in Africa. Uh, you know, they are faithful. 
they are fighting with knife. The Muslims are coming with knife. Our people are going with peace, with only gospel. We don't have knife. Pray for the Lord, really, to protect them and to evangelize them. Pray for watch and pray in your prayer time. And God bless you. Yes, sir. So what is, what would you say, I know there are many, but what is the greatest or one of the greatest challenges The greatest challenge is just money. You know, uh, we don't have enough budget to keep the evangelists to do what they are doing. You know, the Muslims, what they do, if you are converted to Islam, today you are going to get television set and uh, some kind of luxury life. They are coming with that. We don't have that. Uh, but through that, even, still, we are winning. It surprised me. Through that, through that kind of, you know, difficulty, still we are winning. And uh, the, the, sec the second thing also, just beside the money, really, really, we need your prayer. We are not getting enough prayer. Uh, pray for us just daily just for two minutes or three minutes for the Islam world and for the work what we do in the Muslim world just I will leave that with you and with the church can, can you explain to them how the Muslims are financing this payoff <laughs> uh, you know how many of you know in Fort Worth they built a mosque two years ago? A nice looking mosque. They built it for one of the pastors who converted from Islam, Christianity. The first Baptist church pastor of Fort Worth, Texas. He converted to Islam. I really encourage you to know the word of God. People who converted to Mormon, to Islam, or to Jesus only, or Jehovah Witness, they don't know the word of God. Do the Bible study. Sunday is not enough for you. You just opened me up another subject. Sorry. Sunday is not enough. You know, some of you only you are coming on Sunday to church. But you need to have, really, a Bible study in the church or at home. If you don't know the word of God, you are going to miss it. That pastor who converted to Islam, I don't think he knows the word of God. Uh, you know, I was in Mississippi in Lechfield, federal prison to preach for seven days evangelism, to evangelize the prisoners. They have 8,000 inmates. 5,000 of them are black. 
2,000 of them, they don't know how to write and how to read. Where is the church? Tell me. Where are you? The school system is not working in America? No, it will work. There is a school everywhere, even in Alaska, where we say it's a remote country. Then, one of the chaplain came to me. He got five doctorate. He is so-and-so. He is a theologian. You know what he said? Gaetane, pray for me. I said, why? I don't know Jesus. I don't know Jesus. I said, what's the cause? Tell me. Why you don't know Jesus? You are a chaplain here for this long year. He said, I know Jesus only here in my mind. I didn't give myself. He is not invaded me. That's what he said. Know Jesus inside here. Here? Nothing. Hey, you know, if something is coming from here, I will say it. If it comes from here, I need to be careful. I need to think very well. Knowing Jesus is the only way to win this world. And that's what it helped us now. These people, we prayed, and here, you know, let me tell you one of the miracles. We have a small house of prayer in Redar, which it started a year ago. Then the people are throwing rocks on the chapel, not to exist there. It's, it's in the middle of Muslim. And they don't want to hear our song. They don't want to see people are coming and worshiping. But we have a freedom of religion now from the government. About that, that house of prayer is existing there. And these kids, when they are throwing a stone, an elderly guy told them, kids, please don't do this. You know what happened? One of the kids, as soon as he throws the stone, his hand is drying like this. Completely dry. And he is not putting down, he is not bending, he is not using his right hand. He walked to the guy, to that elderly guy who is a Muslim sheikh, asking, what can I do? I don't know. Go and ask them. I told you not to throw it, not to do it. He just came and knocked the door and asking our evangelist, what can I do? They took him in. They witnessed to him. Now seven of his family is worshiping the Lord. He got healed. He gave his life to the Lord. That is a miracle what God is doing. I saw that guy on my eye. And the other guy, on his dream, he saw our evangelist telling him the good news. And he came to that place and he knocks the door. Who answers the door is our evangelist. And said, I saw you on the dream. What good news do you have to tell me? 
This is the way the Muslims are coming to know the Lord. Yeah, we have a problem here. We haven't seen all this miracle here. The reason? We are not praying and we are very comfortable, you know? We are very comfortable. The chair is good. The pastor is bringing this nice message and the praise the song is good. They try to choose and to bring it in a good way. Uh, we are very relaxed here. Please, don't take that for granted. Pray for us and pray for this nation. I'm done. You go ahead. People ask me, why, why don't we have miracles and why don't we see those things happen in America? And this is what I believe. In Ethiopia, in the continent of Africa and parts of Asia, Christianity is a matter of life and death. And the church knows it. In America, Christianity is a matter of life and death but the church doesn't know it. And that's really the difference. And maybe when our Christianity becomes a matter of our physical life and death in America, maybe the church will wake up and realize that our faith in Christ is truly a matter of life and death. How many of us have countless, uh, I'll just tell you, I don't, I, can't, I don't even know how many Bibles I have in my house. I, I, I have more Bibles than I can count. I've got Bibles in my house I probably don't even know are there. And yet there are people on planet Earth who would give, they would give whatever they had just for a portion of the Bible. One Bible I do have, it's not the Bible, it's the Gospel of John. It's about, it's about one and a half inch square, and it is the entire Gospel of John written in Russian. And it was printed that small so that they could smuggle it behind the Iron Curtain to get to the believers who had no access to the Scripture. That's not said to make you feel guilty about having a lot of Bibles. That's not the point. The point is, there is a famine of the Word of God in America, not because we don't have the Word of God. It's because we're not taking advantage of what we have. We do good to come to church on Sunday morning. How many of you, and I'm not trying to make you feel guilty, but I want you to be convicted. How many of you take advantage of the words you have and actually study the Bible and read the Bible? We should never feel guilty about having an abundance of God's Word. We should question ourselves and ask ourselves, are we taking advantage of the abundance that God has given us? 
And the point of God giving us an abundance of his word is so that that word can be hidden in our hearts so that we can take that word and become salt and light to the world around us. Stop complaining about what's happening in America and become the difference by becoming salt and light. And you will not become salt and light if you do not put God's word in your heart. And God's word will never go into your heart if you don't read it and study it. You're not going to get enough by just coming and hearing a sermon on Sunday morning, even if it's my sermon. Even if I think they're really good and filled with the word of God, and they are filled with the word of God. But that's not the point. The point is you have to take God's word and hide it in your heart. And we say this very often. The difference between missing heaven and making hell is 12 to 18 inches. It's the difference between here and here. There's a lot of people that have a knowledge of God here, a belief in God here, but they don't have God here. And until you begin to put his word in your heart, if you have the Holy Spirit, if you are a child of God, regenerate, born again, the Spirit of God lives in you, it is your responsibility to break open that word and to begin to hide that word in your heart. And what does that word tell us? The word tells us that Jesus died for us. He gave up his body. He poured out his blood that we might have life. We come to this table every week. And we come to this table every week because this table reminds us who we are. And it reminds us who he is. It reminds us that we are sinners saved by grace. It reminds us that we are not perfect people, but we are forgiven people. We are redeemed people. It reminds us that Christ is present with us, not in a piece of bread. And he is present with us in you. You are the body. You are where Christ dwells today. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And we celebrate we give thanks because of this table, because of the body and the blood of Jesus that has redeemed us, that has saved us. The word is not what we, not only what we read off the page, but the word is who lives within us. But when we read that word illuminated by the Holy Spirit, then the word inside of us comes alive and it changes us and it transforms us. So Christian, as you trust in Jesus, I invite you to come to the table. Let's stand. So your charge today is to believe the gospel. Your charge today is to be salt and to be light in this world. Your charge today is to love and pray for and equip and provide for those who will go places that we will not go. Your charge today is to love Gitana and Wasani and to give to them and to provide for them out of your treasure so that they have the provision to carry the gospel to the places God has called them to. Your charge today is not to see this as 
painful obligation, but as a joyful privilege that we have been given the privilege to partner, to walk hand in hand with this couple. 20 years. And to see what God has done in 20 years is no less than amazing. Your charge is to see with eyes of faith, with eyes filled with hope, the hope of the gospel. Your charge today is to stop looking at the negative, to stop looking at the things that appear to be hopeless and to look to God and to know that our hope is in God and that God is more powerful. His love is stronger. We sing that song. His love is stronger than death. Your charge today is to walk in life, to walk joyfully, to give cheerfully of your time, your talent, and your treasure. Give yourself. Spend yourself for the good of the gospel and let God do with you what he wants. Amen.